Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is Minister Ginger London. I want to thank you so much for joining the show on this afternoon. This is a very special show. Um, initially, we had some technical difficulties, but we're going to go right on with the show. We have a very special guest on today, and her name is Karen Mock. And what we're doing is today for the month of, or starting today, Throughout the month of March, we are celebrating National Women's History Month. So we're going to be interviewing some women entrepreneurs, some women in ministry. We're going to be interviewing um, uh, single moms, uh, single sisters that are in business, that are in ministry. We're just going to be talking to an array of uh, women that are doing great things in their lives, and we're going to allow them to come on or invite them, rather, I should say, a more humbling way, uh, invite them to come on to be a part of this so that they can get the exposure that they need so you can find out who they are and what they're doing and how God is using them in a mighty way in um, their lives. And so we're going to get started. Karen, are you with me? I am here. Wonderful, wonderful. We're going to open up with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get right into uh, letting you um, meet Karen on uh, today and let her give her testimony. And also, a little later on in the show, we're going to give you a special teaching on um, the woman, a woman's heart. And we're going to talk to the women who have exhausted hearts or who have unfulfilled spirits. So we're going to teach you about how you can rejuvenate uh, your heart again, get excited not stop feeling overwhelmed and actually start moving out into a fulfilled and purposeful life, uh, the purposeful life that God has intended uh, for you to actually live. So I'm going to uh, pray, pray and then we'll get right into um, today's show. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on this afternoon. We honor you, Lord God, and we bless your name. Father, we ask right now that your Holy Spirit will become the great teacher, the great comforter, and our guide as we go throughout this show. For every woman that's listening by um, Internet, Lord God, or by phone, we pray that whatever is going on in her life, that you take full control because your word says that you will perfect those things which concern us. And we turn everything over to you. We cast our cares upon you this afternoon because you care for us and we know that you are not a God that sleeps nor slumbers, but that you're all knowing and you're all seeing. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 And so uh, we're going to get started with this show. And so uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Carrie Mogg. And uh, then I'm going to let her just step right in there and give um, her testimony because uh, she can tell this a little bit better than I can, but just some basic information. Karen is the founder of Reflections of Hope Ministries. She um, surrendered her shattered heart to edify women by helping them realize the healing powers of the Heavenly Father. She teaches um, women also that they can have their scars mended and that they can release their hurts and that God's unfailing love um, um, when they do that, they give him all the glory when they release their hurts. She is a speaker and a writer who works with women all over the world. She shares her life's journey of love, healing, and forgiveness. She lives in Kansas City, Missouri with her husband, 
of 36 years. That's wonderful. And that she enjoys spending time with her two children and her four grandchildren. And we'll tell you a little later on in the show how you can connect with um, Karen through her um, website, also um, through her Facebook page, and also with Twitter. But we'll give you that information a little bit uh, later on in the show. So welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. So let's get right let's get right into it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Karen, or share your testimony with us so that we can become connected with you and your journey. Okay. I'll start out by telling you I've done everything in my life from working in a glue factory to owning a restaurant. And uh my restaurant was the type of place to feed your body and soul, uh, the home cooking food. And I opened it specifically in 1997 to prove to myself that I could, Um, mostly because as I was growing up, my mother didn't teach me to cook. She always said that food was too expensive to waste on me trying to cook in the kitchen. And that's one cycle that I've broken specifically with my grandchildren. Uh, In fact, my seven-year-old grandson, Matthew, was with us Sunday evening, and he told me then, it's been a while since we baked together, Grandma. So that's exactly what we did, and we baked brownies, and and, uh, he poured and measured the ingredients and everything, and I don't want my children or my grandchildren ever to be made to feel that they are worthless and they're incapable of uh, setting forth to whatever dream that they may have for themselves. Um, I'll explain a little bit more about um, my mother and my father. I was adopted when I was nine months old, and uh, my mother didn't want a child. But she agreed because she wanted to make my father, her husband, happy. And he wanted to adopt a child, especially a little girl. Uh, They learned to parent by borrowing my cousin, who uh, was about a year and a half older than I was at the time. And they thought in a week, if they borrowed him, they could learn how to be a parent. And it didn't take long after they adopted me for my mother to become overwhelmed with the parenting process. My father was a railroad man, and he traveled, was gone three or four days at a time. So that left her with the responsibility of raising this little girl that she really didn't want in the first place. And then I think out of maybe her own frustration, that's when she began to hurt me. My father, in his own case, was an alcoholic, and I really believe that he doesn't even remember or he didn't even remember what he would do to me um, on the times that he hurt me. I do want to stress that my parents were good people with good hearts. They just didn't have the nurturing and love of a child down path. They didn't have an understanding of that. And they were raising a child in an era that, as I was growing up, you didn't air your dirty laundry. Therefore, if you had questions, 
you didn't ask, you didn't say where anything was um, wrong. And that's where Second uh, Timothy 4.16 has been really helpful to me. It says, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. I never judged my parents for what they did to me. It, I always felt like it wasn't my place to judge. And it, I knew at some point they would meet their maker, and it was between them and our God in heaven how what they did to me was dealt with. Plus, growing up, I didn't know that I was abused. I knew I was being hurt, and I didn't like mm -hmm. that. But I truly thought that's how everyone lived. Okay. It wasn't... Um, I think I... Absolutely. Let me stop you right there because you said something very okay. important, and that is as a young kid, when children are in those type of environments, they don't even realize that they're being abused. They think that's just the way it is. And it's not until a person becomes older, you know, uh, whether they're in their teenage years or their young adult years or they come into someone who teaches them something different that they discover that they were actually, you could feel that pain, but maybe you couldn't, I'm not sure about you, but in some cases uh, it's not easily, it's, it's definitely not identifiable as abuse. You know, they don't, we don't grow up knowing that word. That's not in a. We just know we're hurting, you know. So when, you know, not to cut the testimony off, but when in your life did you realize or did you come into the knowledge that it was abuse? Uh, I realized that I believe when I was in high school, and I had mm -hmm. exposure to uh, other people's homes and realized at that point that their home was different than my house. Um, I just, abuse, abuse breeds silence. You don't talk about it. And I was trained very well. Obviously, there were marks and scars and bruises. And I was taught by my mother when questioned how to uh, respond to those questions. And neighbors and teachers and friends thought that I was just a very clumsy child. Um, okay. So, you know, it was just something that I was taught and it was understood. In fact, I would be hurt and say I'd have a black eye. A couple of hours later, my mother would ask me, how did you get the black eye? Waiting to wow. make sure that I would give her the appropriate answer. As an adult now, that leads me to believe that she also lived in a world of denial. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. I was um, I was mentally abused, and an example of that would be I remember at about the age eight or nine, and my dad would be on the road, and she'd say, "Let's go for a drive tonight, Karen." So I'd be excited, thinking that a drive might mean a trip to Dairy Queen or to the park. But instead, she would take me. I grew up in St. Joseph, Missouri, and at the time, they had a state hospital. 
and uh, she would drive me through the grounds of the state hospital at, at dark, and there were tree-lined roads, and there wasn't a lot of lighting outside, and she would always tell me that I was a bad little girl, and that the, excuse the way I say this, this was her words, that the loonies there knew what to do with bad little girls. So if I was bad, she would bring me there and leave me there. Wow. And that would be an example of Mm -hmm. the mental abuse. Um, I was physically abused. Um, There were the obvious signs of being hit with a belt or uh, beat with a yardstick and everything. But one thing she did when I was young, after she first um, adopted me, is she lived in a very pristine home, and there were no messes in her home. And a little one brings messes into the house. And her way of keeping me from making a mess in her home was to put a rope-type binding around my ankles, and she would hang me in my closet by my ankles. That lifts physical scars. I've been told by doctors now that the bindings to still be visible would have had to gone clear to the bone at that time to uh, still be visible. Um, I'm proud to say at this point I've lived to being 55 years old. I'll be 56 very soon. But you can still see these scars every day when I put lotion on my body after I shower. They're there as a reminder. They don't define who I am, but they just remind me how far I've come. Yes, yes. Any any. Anything else uh, in your testimony you want to share before we go on? Um, Yes, I'll tell you that I was sexually abused also, and I'm still in a healing process. And God hasn't put it on my heart to speak of the sexual abuse yet. I've forgiven, but I still have healing to do, and I'll Mm -hmm. allow the Lord to be my guide when I share on those details. Amen. I do want to, Amen. Go ahead. Thank you. I, I do want to share, uh, Minister Ginger, that what happened to me in my early life happened totally by chance. I was abused by chance. But I am a survivor by choice. And I made a choice to change. And I made a choice, a very deliberate choice, to break the cycle of abuse. When my husband and I were dating and things got serious with him, I told him, as a child, I didn't have that choice. But as an adult, I do. And I let him know up front that he would never hurt me. I would never allow that to happen. There was, there was always pain uh as with a broken relationship with my parents and we would gather for holidays and my dad would say something to me that would upset me and I'd begin to cry and then he'd get angry at being uh, um at my tender heart 
but then in the 2003, a blessing came, and it came in actually the form of cancer, if you can imagine that. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is a type of cancer that eats at your bone, and if you will, it'll make your bone look like a honeycomb or a pin cushion. And I quit my job, and I moved back to St. Joe and cared for both of my parents. And God gave me that opportunity at that point to love and nurture them in a way that they were incapable of loving and nurturing me as a child. When I first stepped in and started helping them, my dad would say, you're a big help, but a little bit of a problem. Then after a period of time, he said that I was his rock. And by the time my dad was laying in his hospital bed in the den in his house and I was laying next to him, holding him, and he took his last breath, in his eyes he told me I was solid gold. And what I learned from that (laughs) was it it was amazing. It It was amazing. It was just such a beautiful experience and a gift that I will forever be thankful for that we were able to make resolution in our lives. But what I realized that part of my mental abuse was brainwashing that my mother did on me. But at that point, I realized that she was also doing the same thing to my father. And he didn't realize it until even the last couple of weeks of his life. And he figured it out, and we really experienced healing between the two of us. And uh, when he died and and, uh, uh, was lifted to heaven, you know, we both felt so blessed at that point. And then my mother lived for another two years after that, and I continued to care for her. And at the end, she made confessions, not to me, but to uh, social workers, that she wasn't a very good mother when this had never been spoken of, that she had hurt me. And when I gave her permission to die, when I gave her permission to let go, I told her that I forgave her, and I asked her if she understood what I was saying. She didn't speak, but there was just one solitary tear that went down the side of her cheek, and I knew that she understood, and that brought the peace between my mother and I also. That's good. Amazing. Yes, what a powerful testimony. Um, that is just awesome. And, you know, I've heard a similar uh, testimony uh, from uh, Joyce Myers who says she was abused by her, her father. And um, right before he, a couple of years before he passed, she had to end up taking care of him. And then he ended up giving his life to the Lord, and she baptized him. And, and um, of course, they... Uh, he went on home to be with the Lord, and there was a, uh, a peace between them. But um, she gives a similar story of how, where he got to the place where she literally had to, when he got older and got ill, had to take care of him. And I can I commend you on that. It has to be the power of God on the inside of you because rem, just being able to remember 
all of the things that were done to you and then be positioned to have to take care of the person that abused you, whether it was mental, physical, sexual, whatever it was, just being in that position or placed in that position to have to make a decision, um, do I let them just, you know, go to pieces in their health and let them die alone, or do I uh, step up and use the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me to render a care to them, as I heard you say uh, to me, and I'm not sure if you said it today, but, you know, to be able to care for them the way that they were not able to care for you. And I think that is just an awesome, awesome testimony uh, from someone who has experienced the type of uh, uh, abuse issues in your life as you have. You mentioned that you, as an adult, um, uh, you made a choice, Um, you know, that it was by chance you were abused, but you made a choice to be a survivor. Was that choice difficult to make? Um. The choice that I made, I believe, was probably a gradual choice. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is difficult. Um, I remember in parenting my own two children. I have a son and a daughter. And um, I do remember times that I would be frazzled and my mind would flash back to what worked with me as a child to make me behave, even though I really wasn't being bad. And that's where I had to stop and take a cleansing breath and pray so I did not do the same thing to my children that was done to me. I remember at one point, and I didn't plan on sharing this, but the Lord's kind of leading me to it. Because I never, when my kids were growing up, I wanted them to have a relationship with their grandparents because I think grandparents are important. I watched to make sure they had a healthy relationship with them, which they did. My parents were very accepting of the grandchildren. but And I did not want to... Um, change the flavor of their relationship with their grandparents by telling my secrets, my history to them before it was age appropriate. But I do remember at one point my son wanting to go somewhere or do something and that I had told him no. And he stopped around the house and said, I'm so abused. And at that point, and he may have been 13, 14, I took him by the shirt collar and I sat him down and I asked him, I said, do you want to see what true abuse is? And I pulled up my pant legs and I pointed out the scars to him that circled my ankles. And I said, this is abuse. I'm making a parenting decision that is wise for you at this time. But don't ever ever called this abuse. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he I'm sure he changed his his uh he changed his stomping and rape. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, um you have such a powerful testimony and I want to be able to talk about um what God how God is using you in the time that we have left. Um, you know, 
uh, you are you started uh, Reflections of Hope Ministries. So what exactly is Reflection of Hope Ministry? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. In the uh, opening, uh, you shared the uh, um, mission statement for uh, Reflections of Hope. And um, for me, the ministry has allowed me, and it makes me feel like my rebirth at this point through the ministry is like a butterfly coming out of my cocoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The three cycles of a butterfly are symbolic of our Christian life. The caterpillar is the earthly life, always consuming our needs and wants. But the chrysalis represents our tomb of pain and suffering that we all endure. And then the butterfly in all of its beauty and grace represents what we can become when we have God in our life guiding our path forever change, then we can take flight and bring hope of a brighter future. And that hope is what represents Reflections of Hope Ministries. Actually, the ministry, when I was told I really should start a ministry, it was not something I wanted to do because I had a misunderstanding of what a ministry was. And I thought that people would think I would be trying to represent myself like you as a minister, but I soon realized that that wasn't the case and the purpose of the ministries and in our everyday lives. And a friend actually came up with the name of Reflections of Hope Ministries for me. And it's something that God has allowed me to grow into. Okay, and so um, was it just um, an assignment that God put in your life, or did it come as a was it birth as a result of uh, your healing process of coming out of what you went through as a, a child? Probably a little bit of both. Um, I know, like when I speak to my grandkids, sometimes I'll start out talking real softly; they don't respond. So I'll get a little bit louder and a little bit louder. And that's kind of the way it was with uh, answering when God called me. I was very stubborn. and But I always knew that God had a purpose for me above and beyond uh, my abuse, which I've been told by physicians that I really shouldn't have lived through the different things that happened to me. I've had several other near-death experiences. I had encephalitis, which almost killed me. I had complications from surgery, which almost killed me. I fell through my attic onto my garage floor, and I should have died then. And I kind of spent a portion of my life saying, why not me, Lord? Why didn't you take me now? But then... When I actually started to listen and I got stubborn and I started asking, at that point I took out the knot and said, why me, Lord? And uh, one afternoon he rolled me off the sofa. I was resting and and he just rolled me off the sofa and, okay, Lord, you have my attention now. Mm-hmm. But he had put in the very beginning excuse me, at the birth of the ministry, um, some very sharp iron in my life. And I had three women within a week's period of time tell me as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. 
I wasn't even familiar with that scripture. In my house growing up, the Bible sat next to my mother's nightstand, but it was written by Emily Post, and it was entitled Etiquette. So I was not familiar with uh, the Holy Book, the Bible, and after the second time in a week that this Proverbs 27:17 was repeated to me, I went and looked it up, and since then, including yourself, please, um, the iron that has been placed around me is has just kept me so sharp and is just building my ministry, which is allowing me to share my testimony and help others in the process of healing and forgiveness. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, uh, it sounds like you, uh, I know you mentioned to me once before that um, you didn't say yes immediately when God called you. So on your healing journey, you know, uh, were there some struggles as you trusted God? Well, when you have wounds as deep as mine, the healing comes in layers. And when every time I would think, glory be, I've been, I'm healed, I'm okay now, it's, and then something would happen, something would trigger, and it would take me back a couple of steps. So I would have to work harder and more and and say in the word more. And, uh, yes, there was struggles. When you're told your whole life that you're not worry, worthy, when you're told, I wish I never adopted you, you'll never measure up, you begin to believe these things. And I didn't believe I was worthy of God's love and gift. And I struggled um, questioning that God only did for those that are people that are good, for those people that don't sin. And I believed I was bad and I was eaten up with sin. And I was curious why he would want me what kind of value I had to him. Wow. Was there an aha moment when all that when that thought process changed? Uh there's been several aha moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the way um as the healing progresses, the aha moments just get bigger as they Mm-hmm. Grow in your heart, and and even when I received the email confirming I was going to be on the show today, I think I told you yesterday my husband was asleep, and I went and woke him up and made him do uh, <laughs> with me because this was even more confirmation to me that I'm exactly where God wants me to be. Wonderful, Amen, and I know. You know, for the lo- the ladies that are listening or even some of the brothers that are on the line who may know someone that's uh, listening to the show, a female who's been through some type of um, physical, emotional, spiritual, or sexual abuse in her childhood or even possibly in her earlier years as a woman. Um, it doesn't, uh, abuse is um, detrimental no matter what. Um, the, uh, 
uh, phase that uh, what part of life that it comes in is that it has a detrimental effect on you no matter what. And so if you're listening, um, just remember that you are not the, you are not who the abuser said you you are. You're who God has created you to be. And that healing journey may take a little while. Um, and as Karen said, you you know uh, you eventually get to some places where you have a several aha moments. But the first thing that you have to do by faith is just trust God for healing. Trust that God is going to be there with you. He's never going to leave you alone. He's never going to forsake you. Amen. There is. A journey. There is a way out of it. There's a way from it. If you're in it, you can get out of it. You may need, as Karen um, um, said, you know, you may need someone to come along to um, even help you out of the situation. If you are an adult woman, you know, uh, even children, there are things, there are laws and things in place now that will help children come out of those types of environments. Um, but especially if you are an adult woman or a young adult woman listening today, there is help out there for you. You don't have to stay in it until you figure out um, what can be done. There are things that are in place. And if you have friends in your life that are speaking to you about it and they have the love of God on the inside of them and your, your best interest at heart, don't turn a deaf ear to it. You have to listen because it's that iron that's going to sharpen um, your countenance is when they speak life into you to give you strength to change your situation and or uh, to make better choices in your situation. And so, um, um, Karen, uh, as we talk about you, God being you, using you in ministry, um, um, in your ministry teaching women, what areas have you seen um, women are, are most exhausted in? Because a part of this show, we're going to deal with the exhausted heart and the unfulfilled spirit. So, when you're teaching, and even when you're giving your testimonies, have you uh, have you identified or noticed some areas of life that women seem to be exhausted in? Well, I know in a recent talk that I give, I shared that strength is an activity that makes you strong. And just like you have to exercise your body, you need to stay in the Word to strengthen your soul. I see women not only exhausted, I see women overwhelmed. They're multitasking so much between church and family and finances and the price of gas at the pumps right now. And sometimes even church, everything is stealing their time and they're multitasking so much. They're not happy with themselves because they feel so divided and they Mm -hmm. feel so drained. Right, absolutely. Because when you, when you talk about a woman's heart and if her heart, because um, a woman has a nurturing heart, as we were, as we were told, a nurturing heart, and we know that. But when you talk about a nurturing heart that becomes exhausted, it can become exhausted from a number of things. Like you said, feeling overwhelmed, got too many things going on at one time. And or as a woman, maybe you're trying hard, and it seems like you're not getting anywhere. Whether you're whether it's trying hard to launch a business or launch a product, or maybe trying hard to just be the best person, and mother and wife in your family that you can be, and it just looks like you're not getting anywhere. It can cause exhaustion. Uh, to take place in your life. You can feel tired and sluggard and, and, and just overwhelmed, as Karen said. Also, it can um, uh, come from a place where 
you feel like with everything that's going on that you're all alone, that no one understands, not even another woman, because sometimes the enemy messes with with your mind and makes you think that um, you're not good enough or you're not doing this just right or it's not perfect enough. And so you don't really want to share with anybody what your struggles are. And so those struggles begin to wear you down, begin to cause exhaustion, and you become depleted spiritually. You don't have enough fortitude spiritually to encourage yourself, and so you feel drained. And so uh, if the enemy can deplete you of everything, that he can rob you of your joy, rob you of your your happiness in God, and uh, rob you of some some of the best uh, moments of your life. And so when you when you're exhausted as one of the most important things that you have to do to come out of that exhaustion is to begin to have an experience with God. And then we may say it as a worship experience. You worship, And I'm not talking about singing and raising your hands. So strictly talking about having an experience with God. Get back into relationship with God and begin to develop a God-centered life. Live a God-centered life. Would you agree, Karen, that that's one of the ways that you can begin to revitalize, uh, she can begin to revitalize and refresh her heart is by con- making sure that her relationship with God is one where she is experiencing his peace, his joy, and knowing that he's right there with her. I totally agree. And sometimes in the dark days, it's kind of hard to see that he's there, but he is the light at the end of that tunnel. Absolutely, absolutely. And ladies, if you're listening and you, you know, um, one of the best ways to have an experience with God is to know God. And we cannot know God outside of his word. And so when you're at that place where you're feeling depleted and your heart is exhausted or your spirit is heavy, you have to remind yourself of what you know about God. Get back into the word. Read the scriptures about who God is and remind yourself and then begin to have an experience with the word of God, because the word of God, the word is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so on those those moments in, in throughout the day when you are alone and no one is around, everybody's out the house, or you can drive to the park for a 15 or 20-minute break or whatever you can do uh, to position yourself to have an experience with God. Get into the word of God and find those scriptures that talks about who God is and who God is to you, that he's near the brokenhearted, that he can mend your broken heart, that he's there to refresh you and to revive you, that he knows all about you, all the way down to the numbers of hairs on your head. Get to, the, get to a place where you have an experience with the word of God, and it's going to be through that experience that he's going to rejuvenate you and you're going to position yourself to once again to begin to live a God-centered life. And when you do that, that means everything that goes on into, goes on in your life, you're going to apply the word of God to it. Um, it at first, it may not seem, seem like anything is changing. It may not look like anything is changing. But if you keep pressing your way and standing on the word, the word of God says after you've done all that you can do, after you've done all, stand. We have to get to a place where we don't give up, we don't quit, we don't throw in the towel, we don't call it quits, but we stand firm on the word of God and we allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that we desire within ourselves as well as in the environment and atmosphere around us. 
because God wants you to know him, and, and he wants you to have an experience with him. He wants you to know who he is. And so if your heart is exhausted, then I encourage you to do what you have to do. You know, maybe go on um, uh, a quiet fast meaning that you're not telling everybody you're going on a fast, but that you're just going on a fast for your own personal strengthening and encouragement and allow God to remove those things that are weighing you down or showing you how to uh, cast your cares on him, how to let some things go. A lot of times your heart is exhausted because you're being drained by um, relationships, siblings, you know, it could be children, it could be uh, your spouse, it could be, uh, because we have a tendency sometimes as women to want to control everything. Have you seen that in ministry, Karen? Uh, yes, I have. Okay, and so it, it's, um, when you try to control everything is when you actually wear yourself out. And so we don't have to control everything, we just need to allow God to be in control. Of everything, and so um, if you want the the exhaustion and the tiredness to be lifted, you're going to have to trust God to control everything. As I said in the prayer in the opening of the scripture, that God perfects those things that concern you, and you have to allow Him to do that. And that will take the you know Jesus said it like this: Come unto me, all of you who are heavy laden you know, and take his yoke upon you because it's easy, and that he will give you rest, meaning he will give you a peace. And so we have to get to the place where we can come to Jesus and just uh, allow ourselves to carry those things of God, you know, and not carry the burdens of other people and give our burdens to God. And he will give us that peace and that rest. He will keep our mind stayed on him. He'll keep us in perfect peace. He'll keep us in a place of maturity in our peace. And we won't be frantic and become psychotic and chaotic and panicky and and full of anxiety about a lot of things that's going on. But God will give us a peace as women that will keep us grounded in our lives. And so if you are if you are experiencing an exhausted heart, I want to encourage you to cast your cares upon God. If you're at a place where you have an unfulfilled spirit, if you like, and most of the times when women have unfulfilled spirits, Karen, they're they're saying things something like, you know, I want a sense of purpose. Do you have you ever been confronted with that statement by a woman in your ministry? I have been confronted with that personally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so many times, you know, in our faith and in my ministry, I hear women say, I need to spend more time, you know, reading the Bible and I don't, and we're, or spend time with God. And I made a post on Facebook, I went for a walk and had some God time this morning. We need to prioritize our time, uh, even if it's just spending the first few minutes after waking up with God. Uh, they say it takes three weeks to change a habit, and I made it a priority in my life some time ago to wake up each morning thanking God not only for the new day, but asking him, what is my purpose today? And that has made a difference in my life. Because so many times we want to, as you said, we want to control everything and we use God as our last resort 
when he needs to be our first resource. Absolutely, absolutely. And God wants to pursue a love relationship with us. And it's through that love relationship and that experience that you have with God as a woman where you begin to develop and discover uh, discover and develop your sense of worth. What is my sense of purpose, rather? You know, um, a lot of women say, I want a sense of purpose. I want my life to mean something. I want to do something meaningful. I know, you know, and not to diminish being a mother or a wife, but a lot of women who are mothers and wives also look for other things to do with their life. Some people want to get back to their communities. Some people want to get more involved. Some ladies want to get more involved with their churches. Some ladies want to get involved with social um, uh, agencies or nonprofit organizations where they are making an impact in other people's lives outside of their, their own family life, uh, uh, members' lives. And so, uh, they look for a sense of purpose, and if you are in that place, I want to encourage you to, to actually allow God to pursue a love relationship with you. You know, he, he is the one that pursues us, you know, and we say yes to him. And it's in that love relationship is where you can be, to discover who you are, who God created you to be, what your gifts are, your abilities, your strengths, even your weaknesses, that God will show you all of that in a love relationship uh, with him. And um, it's in that relationship with God that you actually begin to feel, um, and not to uh, misuse this word, but you begin to feel important and that as, and, and as if you're, as your life has value to it and that there is something uniquely assigned to your life you to accomplish that says, um, you know, that God had a plan for me. And uh, and so we need to pursue a love relationship with God. You know, sometimes women say, you know, I, I don't know what to do with my life, you know, and then they're uh, trying to discover their purpose. And, uh, and, and it's a struggle sometimes, regardless of who you are, male or female, to discover God's purpose for your life. And that's where the iron sharpens iron comes in at. That's where the other people uh assigned to your life come in at because sometimes we can't see um, the forest for the trees. And so we need someone else to come in and help us take a look at what it is that we are seeing so that we can actually get a clearer view of the picture that God is trying to show us. And so if you're trying to discover what your purpose is in life, Get with some of your other female friends and ask them, you know, how do you, what type of person do you see me as? Or what do you, what, if you had to describe me uh, in a word, how would you describe me? And then see whether or not it's a confirmation for you, if you think the same thing, things about yourself, you know. And then just spend some time in prayer and in the word, as Karen says, and actually begin to ask God to show you what your life's purpose is. And even if your life purpose is to be a mother, a stay-at-home mom, there's still some uh, important assignments attached to that particular purpose. There isn't a purpose that God has created on earth that's remedial or, or mediocre. Anything that God has assigned you to do in life, there's a reason why that you are assigned to do it. You are a blessing to someone. You're going to be solving. You're going to be a solution to someone's problem. You'll be an answer to a question. Whatever it is, there's a reason why God has given you that particular purpose. The key is to find out what your purpose is as a woman and actually begin to pursue it and ask God to show you what steps do you take to actually walk out your um, the assignment that he's um, given you. And then you have some women who are trying to find out where is my place, where do I belong. 
you know, uh, in this world, in this, in my life, in my community, and it all goes back to purpose. You can answer that question by answering by letting God tell you what um, your purpose is. And I'm going to give you two important um, things to remember in addressing any of these statements. If you are are at a place where you have an unfulfilled spirit, and the first thing you want to do is you want to get to know yourself well. And I know that, um, you know, we spend a lot of time on getting to know other people, getting to know our children, getting to know your spouses, your coworkers, but I want you to dedicate some time in your life in the next couple of weeks, maybe the next 30 days or so, and just block off a time period. Maybe calendar yourself into having an appointment with yourself where you can get to know yourself well. Amen. Excuse me. Amen. Well, you spend time just um, examining yourself, talking to yourself, encouraging yourself, and just maybe detailing on a sheet of paper what your gifts are, what your abilities are, what your desires are. What would you like to do? Uh, What would you like to see yourself doing? What interests you? What grabs your attention? What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that upsets you the most? You know, what is that one thing or that? What are those things that, you know, that brings on a righteous indignation? Is it, you know, not, you know, do you become righteously indignant when you see other people being abused or maybe when you see children being mistreated, you know, it bothers you. So get to know yourself. Spend some time in getting to know yourself well. And then another thing is, uh, spend some time in uh, developing some spiritual confidence. Philippians 1, 6 says this, being confident of this, he that began a good work, in you shall perform it until the day of Christ. Confidence mean, being, means being assured that God has done something great in you. So I want you to spend some time in developing spiritual confidence. Did you, have a, did you struggle, Karen, in developing spiritual confidence? I did, because I didn't have knowledge of the Bible and of its word, and it's just been within the last year and a half that I've been reading scripture and seeing what God has offered me and what he is doing for me. And so many times when I read this scripture, I feel like it's written directly to me. Um, in Psalms 34, 17, 18 through 19, it says that the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of our troubles. You know, that saying, when we feel unfulfilled, and when we're tired, and when we're exhausted, that the Lord is near to us, who have a broken heart and save those that are being hurt and that are crushed in their spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. And we have to be, when we, God knows our purpose before we're born. And when we figure out, when we finally get it, what he is trying to tell us, when we figure out what our purpose in life is, then it is up to us to be to be obedient to him to follow and fulfill that purpose. We have to be obedient. 
Absolutely. And I can tell you from experience when you, from experience with God, is when God reveals to you what your purpose is, it is such a refreshing, for me it was very refreshing, you know, just to even know that God wants to use you in a particular way or to accomplish a particular assignment. Because if you are a lady that's trying to figure out what your purpose is or you feel like there's no value to your life or you feel like uh, there's no substance to your life, when God gives you an assignment and says, I put my stamp of approval up on you, I know that you can carry this assignment out, and you build that confidence to believe that whatever God has has assigned you to do, that he's equipped you to do it or he will empower you to do it. Um, That in itself is extremely, extremely refreshing, and it is so confirming that a woman has worked because all throughout the scriptures we see how God used women. But it's one thing to read it. It's another thing to have an experience with God the same way. And so any woman that's listening on this, to, to the show today, if you, if you are struggling with identifying what your purpose is, don't rush it. Just take a moment, as I say, get to know yourself well and get to and have an experience with God because God wants to use you to accomplish his will and his purpose on the earth. And in that experience with God is where God is going to reveal to you what your assignment is or what your purpose is in life. And be open to when God shows you what it is, as Karen says, number one, to obey him, and number two, to accept it. Well, let's turn it around, to accept it, and then, as um, Karen said, to obey it. Every great leader in the Bible, with the exception of, uh, well, we had a few that, that kind of uh, struggled with it, you know, Moses and Jonah. But Jonah <laughs> ran from it, you know. But almost every other great other great leader that accepted the assignment accomplished great things, and even they did when they said yes to God. So don't run from uh, what God is showing you, your purpose is when it, when it comes up. Just embrace it. Even if you don't know how it's going to get done, don't know what the first step is, don't know, don't have a clue, you just know that's what God says you're supposed to do. Just say yes to that and God will send the iron into your life that will sharpen you and get you ready for what it is that he has called um, you to do. So remember, spend some time getting to know yourself, and then spend some time developing spiritual confidence. And the best way to develop spiritual confidence is to, to develop confidence in the word of God because that's the word of God that goes deep on the inside of you and changes some things and cuts out some things. So to build your confidence spiritually, you have to be confident in the word, that no matter what I'm reading in the word, I'm confident that God's word is the only truth that I need to sustain my life, to to, um, orchestrate my life or define my life, and to give me direction uh, for my life. I think... um, on your website, Karen, um, you use um, the scripture that talks, uh, let me see, on your website, there's a scripture that you use that talks about, it's in Psalm, um, where the, light, the the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, and so I think that is so awesome. And so if you're trying to um, discover what your purpose is and build that confidence, let the word of God be exactly what it's supposed to be, and all of the, everything else that you are, are curious about or want answers to will follow as you put your confidence in God's word. 
Um, I think that is just so crucial, especially as women, because growing up, we are given a set of rules. We're given a set of definitions for uh, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a wife, what it means to be a lady. We're given those things as we grow up, and, uh, and the majority of those things are really good. But the spiritual assignment from God, Override all of those things, and the the person that God wants you to be, and who God is trying to to develop you, bring you into, goes beyond what you learned as a young girl growing up. It all goes back to the Word of God. If it's, if there's going to be any substance to our lives as women, it's going to be founded on the Word of God. We have to build our lives on the solid Word of God. The foundation has to be the Word of God. And so in the time that we have left, uh, Karen, um, what words of encouragement would you give to women who are hurting today? Well, with a ministry called Reflections of Hope, I hope it says that I do believe in hope. I'm living proof of it, and living is the key word there. Uh, For me, I found calluses on my knees healing to my heart. Um, I've learned that I need to reveal before I can heal. I had to reveal my hurt, my problems, what I couldn't control on my own and maybe not even having an understanding of my own purpose before I could heal and before I could receive that hope from God. Uh, None of us are free from sin or pain in our lives, but when you pour it all out to God, I believe it makes him happy because we're admitting that we're that work in progress and we need his help to get through each and every day. Uh, 2 Timothy 4.17 said, The Lord stood with me and strengthened me so the message might be preached fully through me. And that's basically the encouragement that I can give to women out there that um, whatever your mission in life is, whatever purpose God gives to you, whether it's being a wife and a mother or a businesswoman or a ministry leader, you have to believe in that hope. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want to encourage um, any women that are hurting today that God is near the brokenhearted. And that's in the scripture that uh, we read, Karen mentioned earlier. So if you are listening and you're able to uh, take notes, um, write down Psalm, Psalm 34, and it's verses 17 uh, through uh, 18. And I, I want to read that to you. Um, so you, so, but I want you to write it down, Psalm 34, verses 17 and 18, um, and really we're going to say 19 as well. And um, verse 17, start, starting with verse 17, it says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all of their troubles. And so I want you to know that there is, you're not facing any troubles that God cannot deliver you out of. It doesn't matter what anybody says to you. It doesn't matter what you're thinking in your mind about anything that you're going through, any troubles that you're going through or or any exhaustion or anything that's heavy in your spirit that's weighing you down. The word says that God can deliver you out of all 
of them. There's nothing that you cannot be delivered from. So don't let the enemy get in and tell you that um, uh, you'll never be anything, you'll never amount to much, nobody loves you, nobody likes you, you're not successful, you're not doing anything on your job, you're not a great mother, no, you're not a great wife. If that's troubling your spirit, allow God to deliver you from those troubles because those troubles there will mess with your mind and the enemy will get in and have your thought life interfering with the godly life that God has assigned for you to live. Then verse 18 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as as have a contrite spirit. He's near to the brokenhearted. He's never away from you, but he's near to the brokenhearted. He's there to mend it. Remember, Jesus said that he came that we might have life and that we might have life more abundantly. That's not just monetary. That's also spiritual. It's also physically. He came that you can have life more abundantly. He did not intend for us to be weighed down in our spirits, to be uh, mentally uh, disturbed. He did not intend for us to be wounded and hurt in our hearts all the time. You know, that's not to say that you're not, somebody's not going to do something to hurt you or cause a wound, but you're not supposed to live wounded. You're supposed to be healed. Verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. And let's keep going in that passage of Scripture. Verse 20 says, He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. There is nothing that's going on in your life that God cannot deliver you from. I want you to say as a woman, I am Uh, I am important, I have purpose, I am a woman of excellence, I'm a woman of of, of, uh, substance. Speak affirmations and and confessions over your own life so that you can begin to hear yourself speak re-energizing words to your own spirit. David had to encourage himself in the Lord, and that's what I'm going to encourage you to do before we get off of this show. Come up with some some positive or spiritual confessions that you can speak over your own life. I am a woman of purpose. I am. I can be delivered from any troubles I encounter. God is near my broken heart. My broken heart can be healed. Speak positive spiritual confessions over your life, hear it, because the word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Go into the scriptures and find those uh, uh, scripture confessions and speak them over your life so your faith can be increased and and through the increasing of your faith, then your life changes because without faith it's impossible to please God. And so I want to encourage you to speak confirmation, uh, uh, positive word confessions over your life, and all I call them faith confessions. Speak the faith scriptures over your life so that you can believe by faith for change, believe by faith for development, believe by faith for self-esteem to be uh, improved, your self-worth to be, so you can put a value on your self-worth. Speak by faith so that you can know that your life has purpose. And um, and when you do that, if if you don't hear anyone else say something good about your life, you will have the spiritual ability to speak into your own life, and you can encourage yourself. And it's through your excitement about your life that other people get excited 
about your life is when we see women walking around sad and sad faces, long faces, you know, uh, it shows up on their confidence that they're gloomy and that, you know, and and I know there are times when it's necessary for that to be present, but it should not be reflective every day of your life. And so I want to encourage you to to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, do a change or a work in you that will cause your confidence to change. That's where the iron sharpens iron comes in at. But I want your continence to change. I want to smile on your face. I want people to be excited about you when you're coming to their presence. And I don't want them to say, oh, God, here she comes again. She's going to be so negative, so gloomy and sad. I don't know if I can take it. You don't, I don't want people to say that about your life as women. I want your life as women, I want them to be excited. I want them to see purpose walking toward them. I want them to see destiny coming their way. I want them to see joy, peace, happiness, and the Holy Spirit coming their way. When they encounter your life, I want them to encounter a solution to a problem, an answer to a question, you know, uh, a nugget to a decision-making process. I want you to be an instrument of righteousness where people are excited to see you as a woman coming towards their lives. So that's my encouragement for you from this uh, on this show. And before we leave, I want to give Karen an opportunity to uh, share with the listening audience how they can um, get connected with you through your website, um, through Facebook or any other, through Twitter, uh, whatever social sites. So how can they get connected with you and stay connected with you to follow your teachings as God is um, progressively moving you forward in your ministry? Um, would we have, before I get to that, just a couple of minutes for me to add something what? To the Psalms 34? Yes, yes. Is that possible? Okay. Um, As I was listening to you read through Psalms 34 verses 17 through 20 before, I was just, God was putting it on my heart where I was thinking that the purpose that God has for us and that woman of destiny that you were talking about walking down the street and everything, the enemy tries to take that away from us. And one of the ways he does that is by putting fear in us. And especially for someone that may be listening today that lives in fear of their day-to-day life, of things that are happening to them, or if they're carrying the history that I carry of, the past abuse or maybe it's going on now, I have fear that I couldn't tell anyone what was happening, that there was no one that I could trust and I would be hurt more if I shared that information. And you don't have to live like that. And you don't have to have that fear. That's just the devil trying to work on you. Um, That there are organizations and there's phone numbers that you can call. You can contact me with the contacts that I have or Minister Ginger. There's trust someone, whether you walk into a church that you don't even know, believe me, there's somebody there that will be there to help you. And don't let the devil try to stifle your cries because the Lord will still hear him. 
anyways, and he will deliver you out of your troubles. But don't let the devil please have that stronghold on that fear in your life. Amen, amen, absolutely. The word of God says that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And uh, I encourage you to take um, to take heed to what Karen just said. Don't feel like you are alone. God has assigned people to help you. Do not feel like you're alone, whether it comes through a, 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 a hotline number you call or a counseling number you call, or as she said, if you come through walking through a church or that you don't know or into a, a program or an agency that helps people, just do it by faith. God has help already available for you. Do not let fear grip you and paralyze you from getting the help that you need. Amen. Amen. Um, um, Karen, how can they um, uh, get in contact with you? Okay. Um, I have several places you can find me. I do have uh, my website at www.karenmaag.com. And uh, you can also reach me on uh, facebook.com backslash reflections of hope. Uh, my personal website is under my, and I know this is a lot to say, have my maiden name in the middle of there, and it's Karen Williams Mog. But if you make it to the Reflections of Hope on Facebook, you can make it every place else. I do have another Facebook page that we didn't speak of today that's a combination of ministries working together. That's at Facebook.com, Christian Women Soul. And I do quarterly events through Christian Women Soul retreats and such. I have also recently started blogging with and and uh, sharing posts on uh, uh, Facebook.com, Proverbs 31 Mama. And I uh, found that has been rewarding and yet another piece of iron that God has placed in my life. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter with the handle of Karen Mob. Wonderful, wonderful, absolutely. So be sure to uh, uh, connect with her uh, through her website, through her, uh, through all of the, the one of the one or all of the Facebook pages, um, and stay connected. You know, um, read the articles, read the blogs, you know, dialogue, send emails, do what you have to do to actually get to that place where God wants you to, uh, to be. Uh, remember, God assigned teachers for the perfecting of the saints. I mean, they help bring you into maturity for the works of ministry. Um, and so before we go, uh, for those of you who are on the phone lines who called in with your phones, if you have a question or a comment about today's show, we'll just take a few minutes. All you have to do is press the number one on your keypad, on your uh, dial tone pad or dial pad, and um, I'll bring you on if you would like to comment um, um, on the show. So I'll give you a minute to think about it. Just press the number one. If not, then um, we're going to close the show out with prayer, and I'm going to encourage you um, to uh, definitely stay tuned. Uh, the next show is scheduled, I believe, for Saturday morning. There may be one in between that time, but the next one is scheduled for Saturday, this coming Saturday morning, March the 17th at 10 a.m., I believe. And uh, we're going to be talking to another woman in ministry uh, who's also an author. And so 
Uh, we have a couple of comments, and so we'll we'll take them. The way that I'm going to let you know that I'm bringing you on, I'm not going to say your whole number. I'm just going to say the last four digits of your phone number. And so we're going to start with 7408, and I'm going to bring you on. Hello, Hi. how are you? I'm fine, Hi. Ms. Jan- London. Yes. Um, I just want to say that I truly enjoyed the show today, and thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you. What... Um, area, city, and state are you calling from? I'm calling from Carlton, Georgia. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate hearing that. Um, And be sure to, um, uh, I don't know, are you on on one of my friends on Facebook or? Yes, I am. Are you on the email? Oh, okay. Well, please, please, we're going to have shows all this for the rest of this month, you know, periodically through this month. So, Please be sure to join us on other shows. But as for today, I want to thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening and staying on for the entire time of the show. I I speak God's blessings over your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. Hey. Hey, Amen. Thank you so much for that um, for that uh, caller. Then the next one, um, your last four digits are one seven six one seven six one. We're going to bring you on. Yes, this is Hello. Vanessa calling. Hi. This is Vanessa calling from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hi. Yes, and I just want to uh, thank you for sharing your story and having the courage to go forth and to accomplish all the things that you have done because you wouldn't have did the restaurant, you wouldn't have written the book if there was no story behind it. So I thank God that he used you in that way. It truly was a blessing. I um I adopted a little girl, and um, I you know I just I had I just had that connection when I when you came on and was saying that and you know telling your story I I felt the connection and I try so hard to be a good mother because sometimes you have to punish you know and I and I always try to use. Uh, godly wisdom in my punishment. I have two boys, and I have uh, never had a day of trouble with my boys. They're like 30 and 28 now, and she's 16. And girls are so <laughs> hard to raise than, than boys, but uh, I just thank God for for his grace and his mercy and, you know, and just being connected to God in order to raise kids, because you need God in order to live life, you know. Right. Amen. Just do the simple things. You need God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, girls are something, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I truly, uh, I truly enjoyed the uh, program today, and I will thank see you. all soon. Then I, I thank God for uh, Minister London for having this. Forum whereby she can bring uh, people to us. Amen. Uh, thank, thank God you. for her. Thank you. And uh, this is Minister London you're talking to, and I want to thank you and just and 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 just 
I'm just really humbled because we're from the same city, Baton Rouge, and so I'm really humbled by your presence on the show today and on the phone. And I just want to speak God's blessings over your life, and I want to encourage you to be confident. If you did it with the two boys, you can do it with the girls. God will never leave the girls. God will never leave you. You're probably a fantastic mother, you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If If you didn't have any problems with two boys, 30 and 28, you're probably doing an outstanding job. You know, and so I just, I uh, just encourage you to, yeah, amen. I just want to encourage you to keep pushing, keep going on, and um, and keep telling people without, if you got to, you, with God is when it's possible. You have to have yeah. God for life. You must oh, have yeah. him for life. You know, amen, amen. So thank you so much. We appreciate your comments. Thank you so much for uh, thanking God for me. I appreciate that, and God bless you. Thank you. Amen. 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 And so what I'm gonna do as we get ready to just go ahead and close out in prayer, uh the the caller that we had from seven four zero eight. I hope you don't mind. I'm gonna bring you back on live and how about we just close out with a live prayer. Is that okay? And just Amen. bring everybody on. Amen. And we'll just close this show out with everybody live as we do the closing prayer. And we'll just uh, have everybody on. And so um, I'll bring everybody. And so we're going to close out in prayer. Any final um, closing remarks, um, Karen, before we pray? The only thing that I want to say at this point is thank you. Thank you. Thank you for um, this divine appointment bringing us uh, together to give me an opportunity to share my testimony and uh, uh, bless everything that you're doing in your ministry because you are touching so many hearts, and I'm grateful for that, including my own. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Okay, so I'm going to get ready to pray, and I'm just going to take a quick prayer request, 7408. Do you have a prayer request? Okay, um, yes, about, I just um, ask that you, um, that you pray for my family, pray for mm-hmm. my, um, pray for me, most of all, that I okay. stay strong and in the Lord and allow him to continue to guide me. Okay. So what are my steps? All right, I got it. All right, one and more seven, I'm sorry, hmm? I had one more. Okay. I had a prayer okay. request. If I could, I have a seven-year-old boy that has been brought on my heart through the ministry. He is located in West Monroe, Louisiana, and he had a headache last week. His mother took him to the doctor. They found a walnut-sized mass, did surgery yesterday, and have confirmed stage 2 to stage 3 cancer. Little Evan needs a miracle in his family, and he needs understanding. And I would request prayers for Evan. Okay. And the uh, mother that called from Baton Rouge, do you have a prayer request? Yes. I would just like to lift up children everywhere because I know they are going through uh, things that back in the 40s and 50s we didn't experience, and their life isn't easy either. So I okay. just lift up children. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's go to, to the Father. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come unto you this afternoon. We humble ourselves as we boldly come to the throne of grace. We thank you for this blessed opportunity to have to be able to have discussed and talked about um, uh, being empowered and anointed and appointed and being um, healed and set free from hurts and pains. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you come into our lives right now, that you would give us a spirit of peace. Father, we repent of our sins before you in the name of Jesus, anything we've thought, anything we've done. Father God, uh, anything we're thinking about doing, we repent before you. We want our slates wiped clean as we come on behalf of these prayer requests, Lord God. Father, I lift up the sister that wants prayer for her family, Lord God. I lift her family up to you. I cover them in the blood of Jesus. Whatever is going on, I pray that you give them divine and godly direction, Lord God, that you would strengthen her family and bring them into a place of unity, Father God, where they are joined together, Father God, because your word says that a three-court is not easily broken. I pray, Father God, that they would embrace each other in your love. And, Father, and as her family is being strengthened, Father God, and that your grace and mercy is covered her family. I pray, Father God, for her as she prays for strength in you and for your guidance, Lord God. Give her direction for her life or for any decisions that need to be made, Father God, any questions that need to be answered. I pray that you would guide her in the right direction, Lord God. Order her steps so that she can walk in the path that you have purposed for her life, that she would not be led astray to the right or to the left, but that she would keep forward in the direction that you have purposed for her. Give her a peace that passes all understanding, Lord God. Let her feel your presence in her life so that she will know, Father God, that you are right there with her. Even if she can't see you, she can feel you, Lord God, that she that you she can feel your spirit in her embracing her life. And, Father, I pray for little Evan, Lord God. I pray for a supernatural miracle and a healing on his behalf for this young life, Lord God, that has been attacked with this particular uh, cancer or with this disease, Lord God. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over his life. I pray, Father God, that you would bring healing to his body in his bones, Lord God. I pray for healing in the area of his head, Father God, wherever the mass is, Father God. And I pray that many Ministering of protective angels will go before him and do a work around him and within him, Lord God, that even the doctors would not understand the, 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 the miracle that it takes place, Lord God. Give his parents or his um, uh, give his parents and family uh, a comfort, Lord God, and give them courage to fight by faith, Lord God, and to believe by faith that he can be healed, Lord God. I thank you that you're going to give them an understanding, Lord God, that where they, can, where they will know what steps to take, what to do in this matter, that they will not be confused, Lord God, tormented in their minds or torn, Father God, in decision-making, but that you would give them a ready-made mind to hear what you are saying and to act out on what you are speaking to their lives. Thank you for caring, for interceding and standing in the gap on his behalf, not reward her for that, Father God. And, Father, I lift up this mother to you in the area of Baton Rouge with her request to pray for children all everywhere, Lord God, for they are facing things that were not faced among children years ago. We thank you, Father God, that you are protecting children, Father God, in schools, Lord God, in homes, on parks, Lord God, in in uh, in areas where they can be found, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that the enemy that you are coming against the enemy's attack to take out lies early 
so that they will not progress and move forward and do the things that you have purpose for them. Give them a spirit of peace, Lord God. Put yes, ministering Lord. protective angels around them. Put godly teachers in school systems, Lord God, on campgrounds, on an amusement park. Put your people stationed in strategic places where children can be watched and monitored with godly eyes, Lord God. We thank you that children will be victorious, that they will come out, they will grow up to be uh, young men and women of God that are going to do great exploits on your behalf. We thank you for this time, Lord God. We praise you. We honor you. We believe by faith that all of this it will be accomplished, and, Father God, that you do care for us. Now, we cast our cares upon you, Lord God, because we believe by faith, as your word says, that you will perfect those things that concern us because you know all about us, even to the numbers of hairs on our head. Thank you for this time of fellowship on this afternoon, of teaching, um, testimony, Father God, for words of encouragement and for ears who had for listening ears, Father God, who wanted to hear what you were saying to your people. We thank you for them, and we thank you for this opportunity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Once again, thank everyone. I thank everyone for uh, joining me on today's show. And, again, stay connected. You can find both of us on Facebook. Uh, If you want to find me on my website, it's gingerlondon.com. You can find me there. Um, you can find me also on LinkedIn. Wherever there's a social site, see my face. So uh, be blessed on this wonderful, wonderful afternoon, and we will see you guys 